Joshua Best. I'm Jacob King. And this is Somebody, Somebody Else's, Else's Favorite Songs. Casual popular music discussion spanning the past 70 years. We talk about the music you love. And the music you should know that you may not. Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It got on in a flash. They played the match. They played the monster match. Out from his coffin, Rack's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. The monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, Drax's a part of the band And my Monster Mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them what is said Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash The Monster Mash And do my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash We're still here. Barely. <laughs> hey, folks, welcome back to somebody else's favorite songs. Been a little bit 
of time, hasn't it? Well, it'll be right about two months since our last release, once this one is is finally uh, released as well. It's been a long time. A lo- certainly a lot longer than we wish yes. to be away. Yes, but as promised, we'll never go away. You can't ever fully get rid of us, I'm afraid. <laughs> and and hopefully we'll have opportunities moving forward, particularly through um, the, the winter holidays. time. Yeah, and such that hopefully we can get some things recorded and have some guests and things like that uh, sitting with us to give us a little content to, to be able to push out. It's simply a matter of time, but we're, we're awfully glad that you are back. And I was doing a little bit of looking, and Jacob, do you know that, or have you noticed that we have... Um, 20 episodes that have exceeded 100 listens and some that are closing in on 200. We do, and we have over 5,000 total plays now. It's uh, it, Those are very small numbers for, are, for big podcasts. Those are minuscule numbers, really, but for us, but it's for us, wild. And, and honestly, there's a lot. I mean, there's endless numbers of podcasts out there on in, on an infinite number of Hundreds subjects. Hundreds of thousands of podcasts, yeah. actually. It's very um, popular these days. And... But but having you know having episodes played and from the an- analytics um, played in again full. and again yeah and, and again full. and again but you know the numbers being what they are that show you know there's always going to be somebody that's going to start something and not come back to it or something like that or you know it's the they nature of podcasts that we don't know what we're doing and just leave but the the averages are very high and that really surprised me so I really I really think that's cool and thanks guys for for continuing to listen. We have a holiday coming up, do we not? We do, and it is one that, you know, I feel very neutral about. Do you feel very neutral about? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, and this could be this could be interesting as we get into Halloween talk because of the very different times that Jacob and I grew up. So when I was a kid... Halloween was up there almost with Christmas because the whole trick-or-treating thing was a huge deal. And we would uh, have those costumes that you, you see in the memes now with the plastic masks that have the rubber band around them that pull your hair out when you try to wear them and you're breathing on them and, and they're getting all foggy inside there, but... It was a blast. We loved it, and I have continued to love it. Um, but that was in the in the eighties. Uh, growing up more into the early two thousands, wasn't as big a deal for you, was it? Well, now I'm saying this for me. It yeah. it actually does seem like amongst my generation, which is, you know, we would have been, you were like a kid. You know, in the 80s, I guess you were around 10 years old or so. Yeah. So, for me, that was in the 2000s, and I don't recall trick-or-treating and Halloween being unpopular. You know, it was very popular, but it was just for me. I I don't think my mom cared for the holiday that much. I don't know that I ever went trick-or-treating. Or Or if I did, it was was once or twice. I I don't really remember. It's just not a memory that I have, Mm. which is something that Sarah thinks is finds very surprising because Sarah has many memories of trick-or-treating and Halloween traditions and things. It yeah, was for just us, it, it, during that time it quickly developed into enjoying more of the 
of the getting into the spirit and handing out candy than yeah. going going out and trick or treating. And that is particularly true where we live now. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we your your neighborhood has a very high participation rate of trick or treat. Uh, yes. And so, decorations and yes, the whole bit. We live in sort of the middle of the town where we live, and at some point through the years, uh, and there, it, our neighborhood is is fairly large. There's over 500 lots in it, so there's uh, a lot of opportunity, and people come from all over town here to trick or treat. And so, in the last couple of years, the people on our street, we've started uh, putting out uh, skeleton displays. <laughs> and I mean, it's just everybody's buying into it. There's about twelve or fifteen different houses, and you've got skeletons jumping into the a, a swimming pool, and you've got playing baseball, and you've got you know putting lights up and a band, um, in particular with a, a a majorette like a pine tree band, you know, for the local school. We got all kinds of things. And for Josh, recreating an album cover. Yes, I have Abbey Road on one side of my yard. It's just, it's so much fun. And then when, when Halloween gets here, they will, we will literally spend two hours with a line all the way down the sidewalk that never goes, that more, never more goes than, away. More than two hours, as um, I remember it. Well, I mean, there'll be a concentrated time where, I mean, it'll go on for Five, you can't probably. even you can't even drive the the streets are kind of narrow in your neighborhood anyway. But during that time, you can't even drive through here. There's no, so it's, many it's bumper to bumper kids and parents and all of the like in the street. And they'll start you know with the little bitty ones before it gets dark, and their parents will have them. And you out have the teenagers and, coming out after and that. It's really great. But then it's mostly. <laughs> I mean, sure, we do get some. We do get some of the older ones, and I've never been one of the ones. Oh, why are you too old to trick? You're not too old to trick or treat if. If the if the mom with the the baby comes up and she's got a bucket too, she's going to get candy. But the older <laughs> kids, hey, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to focus on the treat side to avoid the trick. So come on, I got candy for you, no matter how old you are. And Jacob, you can dress up and come trick or treating since you never got to. Okay, uh, I'm perfectly fine just sitting on the porch watching all the all the people at your at your place and i'll I'll, I'll always uh laugh at the picture of papa sitting on the bench out front with the gorilla mask with the gorilla mask (laughs) it's just too fun Uh, just a a great a great time of year that i've always enjoyed and and am continuing to enjoy as time goes on but But we but we got invited to a halloween party this year and i must say it sounds very interesting a murder mystery party Ah, yes. Where we're going to have, we have been given a profile of what character we are, and then I guess we're all going to be there in like a whodunit thing. That, that, that's going to be quite interesting, that I would, would say. Be, uh, that would be a good thing that you would enjoy. Please develop some sort of in-character voice. I'm not good with voices. <laughs> I barely even like my own. I'm barely good at my own. <laughs> I just thought I should mention that, but that'll be new for me, Halloween party. I've been to a few Halloween parties, but... Regardless of my experience with Halloween growing up and through the years, it's still a holiday that everybody knows about. Sure. And just like Thanksgiving, well, not really like Thanksgiving, but say like Christmas, there's songs associated with Christmas, but then I should compare it to like Thanksgiving. There aren't necessarily Thanksgiving songs, are there? Uh, Not really. Just like there's not really Halloween songs. The same not, way there's Christmas carols. No, not, carols. not like Christmas, no, because so there's not a, a whole genre devoted to it. And a lot of the of the specific Halloween-used songs are, are going to tend toward novelty records. Yes, and, like the obvious one. Uh-huh. 
There's an obvious one. Monster Mash. Of course there is. And that's what you heard on our opener, of course, was was Monster Mash by um, uh, Boris. Uh, I don't know. Boris and the Crypt Keepers. Boris, you, you just uh, you just decided to add that intro song right in, right then. So uh, I don't. We didn't discuss who who sings that. Boris Pickett. Boris Pickett and the Crypt Keepers is who it is. <laughs> but we were going to have an intro song, and then and then I didn't. Uh, it didn't work out. And I was trying to think of another one, it, and that's a perfect one to have. So that's why we played it. It didn't work out because you were like, no, no, there's no way you're going to choose this song. And so I did. Um, You'll hear it later. So we really did not have any parameters for this as far as what we were going to do. It's just a Halloween episode. So I'll be curious to see, uh, Jacob, did uh, uh, did you have any any plans or any themes or any... What was your strategy for song selection this time? Well, I'm pretty much going to play that one song I just that was going to be our opener and then our other opener. So I was going to play Monster Mash four times and then add a song at the end. <laughs> so there you go. I've given it away. That's all there is, really. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, no, this we had planned to do two episodes uh, today, as we were discussing, and... and the second episode, which you may hear next after this or may not, it's going to be about female vocalists. And that one was much easier for me to come up with songs or artists I wanted to talk about. But I had a hard time with this, actually. And it seems it sounds like you did not have a hard time with it. But uh, Perhaps I, that is influenced by our, our past, Halloween experience. Yeah, yeah, our past Halloween experience. Because I was giddy about this and really enjoyed putting it together. So, actually, uh, when we decided to do these two episodes, the female, the female vocalist one I was excited about, and then I was thinking, you know, maybe we don't need to record two episodes at one time. Let's just do the female vocalist episode. I was going to ask you, but then I realized that it's two weeks before Halloween, so that's not possible. Yeah, need so to So I, I, would, I would better, I, I better go ahead and try to come up with something. So at first I thought, maybe I'm going to do songs that scared me as a child, Oh, that's a good idea. But I can only come up with two that I can think about. That, that's a good idea. One of them is The Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks. When I was really little, the, the sound of the thunder in that minor chord on guitar, it really scared me. It, when, you, when it would get stormy outside and, and thunder and lightning. Did I you, thought, did is the guitar? Think, where's the guitar going to come from? Did you think Garth Brooks was going to swing down from a rope in your room in the middle of the night? <laughs> mommy, Mommy, Garth Brooks is in my room. Thunder Rolls. <laughs> Uh, the other one that scared me, at, not scared me, but the other one that made me feel um, kind of uh, uneasy is Here in Arkansas by Robert O'Keefe. <laughs> Things have gotten out of hand. That is like a really, it is a really scary sounding song. Yeah. But I, I really couldn't get anywhere on that. So then I just decided maybe I'll just do five Monster Mashes. But then I <laughs> thought of that one song, so there was four Monster Mashes. But anyway, my list is gonna kind of be all over the place, or maybe it won't be. We'll just have to find out. <laughs> Long story short, that was very informative. Thank you for that soliloquy. We appreciate it, and we are we are the better for for having heard it. <laughs> no, probably is gonna get edited out. <laughs> all right, it's the witching hour, is it not? Oh, that's that's a good word for it. Yes, witching hour has arrived. If not the witching day. So we've got some music for you. Um, who's going to go first? I think you should go first. Well, hold on. Hold on a second. Okay. I, I just spent like three minutes explaining how I got to my nothing list. 
Okay. Now, are you going to explain how you got to yours? Sure. You want me to do that now? Please. All right. It's only fair. Um, the spirit I, of parallelism. I I wanted to, uh, as Jacob said, there's not really a a large pool of Halloween songs or Halloween music, so I kind of wanted to try to avoid um, picking things that were that were easy and and obvious. Not that there's anything wrong with those. Um, I wanted to find some obscure things, find some things that um, that have a very loose connection, um, something like that, and, and then move through cr- chronologically just some songs that I think are appropriate for this time of year. And if you thought your explanation was bad, that was even worse. <laughs> <laughs> We're not very good at this. Okay, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. So my first selection for a female vocalists. Um, oh, wait a second. Are we? We're not doing that one, but I guess we kind of are. So that was a song which I, I feel certain that everyone knows. 
it is a staple. If you listen to XM, it is a staple of Yacht Rock Radio, interestingly. But, Not Yacht uh, Rock. It isn't, but it, it's, a, it's a staple of the bridge, which I can see. Yes. And, uh, oh, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it's a staple of uh, the 70s station, but uh, this is from Fleetwood Mac, 1975, and it peaked at number 11 in 1976. And uh, as I said... In live performances, she would introduce this song by by saying that it was uh, a song about a witch, or she would also say a song about an old Welsh Welsh witch. But it's actually a character from a novel called Triad, and it's a it's about a woman named Branwen who is possessed by a witch named Rhiannon, and it also ties in with um, a Welsh mythology, a horse goddess named Rhiannon. From the medieval Welsh prose tales of the Mabig Mabinongian. I'm not sure if I'm saying I'm, I'm not saying that right, surely. <laughs> but uh, it certainly is a song with a, a haunting feel and kind of a lot of mystery to it. Yeah. And it was something that uh, Mick Fleetwood recalled is Rhiannon in those days was like an exorcism for her because the song built to such a climax where she was really pushing herself vocally. So it was, oh, this is the lead track from that album. The first album from this from particular this group. group. Yes. Uh, not from Fleetwood Mac, but from the, the, the lineup, the classic lineup that we all know now, this is the first thing you hear. Uh, no, it's actually the fourth. Oh, it uh, is. It's the fourth song. I was yeah. wrong. Wrong, wrong. And I thought I thought it was I thought that was the lead off as well. But I have the track list. What's, what's here. the lead track from that? Monday album? morning. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Rhiannon is the fourth song. Uh, so, either way though, it's a it's a it's a classic Stevie Nicks vocal, a classic song that she wrote and one of the biggest songs of Fleetwood Mac, in in that lineup or probably amongst the whole the whole thing. She she so. was really into that whole witchy kind of vibe, you know. Um, always, I guess from from the very beginning, that's just kind of the vibe that she liked to go with on her stage persona, mm-hmm. and this was a good song for it. Actually, I I thought for a long time that the song Gypsy, which is kind of a similar thing, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought that the lyrics at the end were she was just a witch. Because it sounds kind of like she yeah, sang that you, until you I see that. saw the lyric sheet and it says she was just a wish. Um, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good selection. Uh, I, hadn't, I had not even thought of it at all, and it's a perfect way to kick it off. Well, thank you. This is the, uh, the hour of the witch, is it not? It, it is the havitching hour. Well, please, let's hear your first selection. Okay, so... You're going to get a, a broad spectrum, hopefully, of different kinds of things from me here, and I'm happy about that because I always love to do that. And we're going to go from mainstream to novelty records, and this one oh, Monster is Mash? a... <laughs> no, we already played that one, is a we? definite, definite novelty record. Um, you'll either know this and sing along virtually immediately... Or you'll say, what is this weirdness? Take a listen to this. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. And then the witch doctor, he told me what to do. He said that... Oh, 
told the witch doctor you didn't love me true. I told the witch doctor you didn't love me nice. And then the witch doctor he gave me this advice. He said that oh And I'll admit I wasn't very smart So I went out and found myself a guy that's so much wiser And he taught me the way to win your heart My friend the witch doctor, he taught me what to say My friend the witch doctor, he taught me what to do I know that you'll be mine when I say this to you Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bang, bang You've been keeping love from me just like you were a miser And I'll admit I wasn't very smart So I went out and found myself a guy that's so much wiser And he taught me the way to win your heart My friend, which doctor, he taught me what to say My friend, which doctor, he taught me what to do I know that you'll be mine when I say this to you, oh baby. Ooh ee, ooh ah ah, ting tang, walla walla bing bang. Ooh ee, ooh ah ah, ting tang, walla walla bang bang. Come on and ooh ee, ooh ah ah, ting tang, walla walla bing bang. Ooh ee, ooh ah ah, ting tang, walla walla bang bang. Ooh ee, ooh ah ah, ting tang, walla walla bing bang. Ooh ee, ooh ah ah, ting tang, walla walla bang bang. What did we just listen to? <laughs> so the the thing, if you if you know that, you've heard it um, on cartoons or things like that, um, perhaps on uh, Halloween playlists. But the thing that would stand out to you is the the chipmunk voice, and uh, no, you might think <laughs> burying the lead a little there. Uh, you might think that it was a chipmunk's record, but actually it was not. Um, the chipmunks had not been invented yet, but this fellow Ross Bagdasarian. What do you mean? Chipmunks have been around forever. Uh, thank you. <clears throat> <laughs> Jacob decided to just sit over there with his torpedoes and <laughs> full, full fire speed them, ahead. Fire them at my hull over here. Fire them at my hull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> um, yeah. So full speed ahead. <clears throat> So Ross Bagdasarian, all right, he is um, working with a fairly expensive tape recorder that he uh, that he has, and he had a career in the Air Force, I believe it was, had been stationed in Seville, Spain, at some point, and so he he went with a stage name of David Seville, and he recorded this record on Liberty Records, which was near bankruptcy and had a number one hit with it, um, the the song about the witch doctor. And he he used, um, he wrote it, but he, he used it based on a book called Duel with the Witch Doctor. And he, he found, so this is an important song because he discovered very speeding, basically. He's the first one who did it. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and used the, the tape change because he's doing both of those voices to get that high-pitched sound. And in the song, originally, that's supposed to be the sound of the witch doctor. 
But after it was successful, it was kind of retconned after he created the um, the Chipmunks, who were named after the three guys that were the head of the record label, Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. And, <laughs> of course, the Chipmunks are still a viable property now. They continue to use it, even though David Seville, uh, Ross Bagdasarian, um, has been dead since the early 70s. Um, so... Very speeding, important, used by a whole lot of bands through the 60s to great effect, particularly the Beatles, who who took that experimentation and just went a little bit further with it. But who knows? Um, it that's, was actually cool. David Seville and the Chipmunks where that started. And I won't say that we wouldn't have the Beatles without the Chipmunks. That might be ridiculous to say. But it's but still funny. I will say, say that it's, a, it's something that he came up with that... Um, is is useful and it's about a witch doctor so why not for Halloween uh, the story is guys in love with a girl uh, goes to a witch doctor he wants her to be in love with him that's very uh, <clears throat> politically incorrect and uh, me too and all that stuff and he gives him an incantation which is ooh ee ooh ah ting tang walla walla bang bang and so I, I remember hearing this from when I was a kid, and we I just walk around absentmindedly doing that incantation. <laughs> oh, no. What shall we do? <laughs> oh, man. So um, not too long after this, there was another record uh, that a guy did called The Purple People Eater, which you probably are familiar with. I've heard of that. Um, which uses the, the same technique. Um, so there you go. That's my first selection. It's the witch doctor. And I'll leave you with uh, one little piece of trivia that I thought was interesting. Um, Ross Bagdasarian or David Seville, um, occasionally would appear in minor roles in, in films and was in quite a few, but you would know him best as the guy playing the piano across the way in rear window. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. That's the chipmunks guy. So when you see the guy playing the piano, that's. David Seville. <laughs> so, Witch wow. Doctor. Wow, that's cool. So, how about another novelty song? Excellent. Ooh, ooh, when 
I know it's certainly low-hanging fruit, number one, to poke fun at eagles. That is our low-hanging fruit. And uh, low-hanging fruit as far as, okay, witchy woman. Okay, raven hair and ruby lips and sparks flying from her fingertips. So it was easy to include it. It should be included. Because, you know, it's a song about a witch. It, Another one. Um, a song about a witchy woman. It uh, was interesting because um, it was one of the songs early on that they played every night, apparently. Witchy Woman, also right. Take It Easy. This song actually uh, originated uh, from Bernie Ledden, and uh, it was mainly written by him, I understand, but then he and Don Henley finished it. Don he, Henley called it the, really the first song that he wrote. Did he? Introduced him to songwriting, interesting. basically. Um, and honestly, it's one of the one of the, the early strong tracks. It's a really cool song. Yeah. They did a really good job with recording it to where there's lots of echo and, and reverb. Echo voices the, in the night? Yes. But lots of reverb on their voices. Yeah. I, and I hadn't, I hadn't read about the song until I was thinking about it for this episode, but I always thought that the opening riff and the kind of the feel of the song had a very kind of a, I don't know how to describe it, but like, sort of evoked like a Native American type of thing, Indian yeah, thing. I can see that. Well, it turns out that they actually had that image in mind. Like all the, all the Westerns when the guys are about to get ambushed by Indians, and they, the they, Indian all, drums they in all the show up on the top uh -huh, of the hill. Uh -huh. They're lined up on their horses. That was exactly what image they had in, in their head when they recorded this. Well, and the drums usage in the song even sounds like that. Yeah, exactly. It's really cool. Yeah. So, witchy woman. I, I, I looked at it. Uh, as, as as well, and kind of hoped that, that you would pick it <clears throat> because it needs to be on your Halloween playlist. There's no question about that. And it's, um, I'm not going to bag on the Eagles today. I thought it was interesting that the lead guitar is played by Glenn Fry on yes. on this. Especially because Bernie Ledden wrote it. You yeah, know? yeah. It's, it's really, really interesting. And uh, this is from their first album, so it was produced by Glenn Johns, mm -hmm. which is, you know, obviously he's a, a figure that has been uh, more out in the open, I guess we could say, since Get Back came out, the documentary. All of a sudden, more people know who Glenn Johns is. That's true. And so... He, he, he had spent the previous three years putting together different cuts of Get Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he goes and uh, records with the Eagles, uh, produces them, and Don Henley was apparently not a fan much. He didn't care for his uh, way of miking the drums, just kind of like getting the general picture of it, whereas the next producer they had, they he wanted to mic every drum. Oh, wow. So we but, could get a nice clear view of how bad his drumming okay, is. Okay, see, well, I knew we had... <laughs> We could not get out of this episode without making a, a, a dig at at uh, Don Henley. Hey guys, let's do an Indian thing. Look, guys, okay, I can Don. do I can do eighth notes on the uh, on the floor, Tom. <laughs> I like witchy woman. I'm glad it's on the list, and it deserves to be. But Don Henley is still a bad drummer. And so. What is your second selection? <laughs> okay. My second selection is, uh, well, I'm just going to play it. How about that? Just How about that? It. Don't sing if you want to live long. They 
have no use for your song. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead and out of this world. You'll never get a second chance. Plan all your moves in advance. Stay dead, stay dead, stay dead, stay dead and out of this world. Run fast, don't stand in the sun. There's too much work to be done. You're down, you're down, you're down, you're down and out of this world. Don't ever talk with your eyes. Be sure that you compromise. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You're dead and out of this world Hear the unloved weeping like rain Guard your sleep from the sound of their pain Long gone, long gone, long gone, long gone and out of this world When you smile and it tears your face Time for the inhuman race. You're down, you're down, you're down, you're down and out of this world. Now your hope and compassion is gone. You've sold out your dream to the world. Stay dead, stay dead, stay dead. You're dead and out of this world. This, choosing this song never even entered my mind. <laughs> so that is Norma Tanega, a Californian who began, um, well, go back a little bit on her background. Uh, father Filipino, mother Panamanian, but she was born in the U.S. and uh, classically trained, uh, began classical piano training at the age of nine and was also an artist. She painted, and she, in early early life, uh, early adult life, she um, had worked in a mental hospital, and she would sing for uh, the patients. That would be part of what she would do there. Um, and so someone saw her and got her introduced to the right people, and she ultimately ultimately made a an album, and it was about her struggling as a musician in New York. Um, the name of the album was "Walking My Cat Named Dog," which was very literal because she lived in an apartment building um, that did not allow dogs, and so she had a cat and named it Dog and took it for walks. And on that uh, album was she's a very interesting person but on that album was this song you're dead now you may be aware that that was many many years later used for both a movie and a tv series called what we do in the shadows and it sounds very much like a vampire song you're dead and out of this world right well this is just this was just mind-blowing when I heard this song and the the TV series 
which is like a sort of like a it's like the office except it's about vampires it's yeah. kind of like that but i was shocked to find out that this song was actually not purpose written for that show right i thought it was i thought it was some something that somebody made up for that and so the fact that it's a 50 year old song well that that was just crazy to me and that's really not only was it a song already in existence but that old I mean, it sounds so cool. Now, she was really into percussion and later wrote a lot of songs for Dusty Springfield and played percussion on a lot of things. And and that's all over that album. And if you, it's, it's very different. It's kind of folky, but it's very, there's a lot of influences on it. Um, but this particular song was actually not about any of that, even though, you know, don't sing if you want to live long. They have no use for your song. You're dead and out of this world. Um, you'll never get a second chance. Pl- uh, plan all your moves in advance. Stay dead and out of this world. Um, so it it certainly got the vibe. It certainly got the cool sound. It belongs on your Halloween playlist. But it's actually a song that she wrote about struggling to be a musician in New York City. And that's really all it's about. So... Very, very cool song. I mean, a very cool song. And Indeed. And neat that, um, you know, due to its use in, in other things, maybe more people will learn and know who Norm, uh, Norma Tanega was. So that is my, what, second selection? Indeed. 1966, You're Dead. Well, my uh, third selection introduces an artist... Uh, that we, well, artist slash group, I guess you could say, that we have not talked about on the show. Ah. And uh, it's actually a Fleetwood Mac song, but I prefer the cover better. I'm going to play by Santana, Black Magic Woman. Thank you. 
What is it that you just said to me when we first started listening to the song? I was like, is this the point where you feel like you want to lift your little guitar up and turn star power on? <laughs> a reference to a, a the game of our childhood, rock band, my childhood, which this song was, was classic. It was either rock band or guitar hero, one of the two. It's all the same I to me. I think this one was guitar hero. But this is from... Santana on their 1970 album Abraxas and it was it was sung by a guy named Greg it's either Greg Rowley or Greg Raleigh but he was the keyboard player in the band at the time and the lead vocalist and for a long time I didn't know that Santana was not a singer he was he was just the lead guitar player but the band was named after him and of course he's been you know one of the only people that have continued to be involved with it you know it's just kind of him and a uh, sort of a rotation of different people on the other instruments, but I want to say that this guy, the the keyboard playing singer that you mentioned, was with Ringo when yes. I saw Ringo a few yeah, years ago. He was in the All Star Band. Yep. And uh, I I really, again, for so many years, you know, you know, this is a song that everybody knows. I would say, especially if you're into rock music and listen to rock, you know, classic oh, rock yeah. radio and Guitar <clears throat> Hero. But I did not know that that this was not the original. It was a while before I realized that this is from me, the original lineup of Fleetwood Mac. Peter uh, Green's Written Fleetwood by Mac. Peter Green. Yeah. And their version, uh, it may just be because <clears throat> I, I know the Santana version better and for longer, I just prefer it. I really love the the Latin rhythms that yeah, they yeah. bring into it and then how they do a mashup with a song called Gypsy, uh, Gypsy Queen, I believe. But... It's just a song that I really appreciate. The guitar, the um, the percussion, the the feel of it. I really appreciate. And of course, it's about a black magic woman. Got a spell on me, baby. I just realized that all the songs I've chosen so far are about evil women. And that may not bode well for my marriage. But... <laughs> just, if, if you have any troubles, just remember... Ooh ee ooh ah ah ting tang walla walla bang bang. <laughs> I was hoping remember that. I was hoping we would not reference that the rest of the episode. But here, here we've done it. <laughs> no, I I think you're right. I I think the Santana version is better, and it's certainly more recognizable. It, it's the definitive version of the song. It's not not unlike say, um, it, it's not this extreme, but it's similar. It's not not unlike Jimi Hendrix doing all along the Watchtower. Um, yeah, that is the yeah. definitive version of of the song, 
And I think you've had that in, in this case as well. The the Fleetwood Mac version, of course, is the original, but it just is not it's nowhere near as smooth. This song, the the Santana version is, is so smooth. Yes, and you're so smooth. Well, that too. <laughs> it it also um, it, it sets a good vibe, and it's a vibe that that works well with the subject matter. It's very haunting. So you've got your spell on me, baby, turning my heart into stone. I need you so bad, Magic Woman. I can't leave you alone. Vlad, Magic Woman. You know why he can't leave her alone, don't you? Because. She had said, ooh wee, ooh ah ah, ting tang, walla walla, bang bang. Okay, 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 okay. I thought maybe you were going to say it was because of a polyjuice potion or something. But... <laughs> Jacob was looking at me with great interest. Oh, what, what, uh, I was thinking, what interesting what, what, or humorous point is what, he going to make? What are you about to say? <laughs> and then his eyes rolled back in his head. <laughs> All right, very fine. That's, a, that's, another, that's another very good selection. So, um,. Let's see here. I'm going to go. All right, I'm going to go to support this selection <laughs> so of course that's your do ran do ran 
1982 Duran Duran, Hungry Like the Wolf. Um, this, this is a good song for your Halloween playlist because the lyrics are inspired. Uh, they're, they're basically nonsense lyrics, but they're inspired by Little Red Riding Hood. And, Smell um, like I sound? Yeah. What? <laughs> but it, very interesting, though, and there's a lot of different things you, can, you could talk about here. Um, obviously, that synthesized drum uh, and drum machine sound is very dated, but anymore, it seems less dated than it did 20 years ago. Like I, I, that makes sense to me. I, I'm glad with, I'm, okay. with the resurgence of these classic um, synth sounds and synth beats and the electronic stuff that's you know big on the radio right now. It doesn't feel so dated. I mean, I don't. Ha- yeah, thank you because that that's that's a good way to explain. When you it. think I, about like that song "Blinding Lights" by The Weeknd. I'm sure you know that song. Probably very. You know if you heard it, but very 80s feel to it. I, I love that because it maybe will make some of that stuff more approachable. Now, as a in, in the you know new wave area that you could put this, I think not being an expert on the genre, that Duran Duran is probably more pop based and approachable than some of the more is does hardcore new wave make sense <laughs> would would be. Um, they they just seem very the, the songs that I know, which are just the hits, obviously yeah, seem me too seem pretty. Well, very radio friendly, um, even with the the different sounds that were out on there. So um, they recorded this at EMI in in the, in the basement studio. So are they English or Australian? They are. Um, I think they're Australian, but I may be wrong. Well, let's find out real quick here. Uh, Duran Duran, English. Okay. Mm-hmm. And their drummer is named Roger Taylor. Isn't that Queen's drummer too? Uh, yes. <laughs> that's weird, but it's not the same guy. Different guy. So um, that is that's weird. That that's kind of weird. <laughs> so or is, they, or is Roger Taylor? No, 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 no. Uh, Andy Taylor was the no. He's the guitarist. Yeah. Wait a second. Roger Taylor. He's a drummer. Is Roger Taylor the bass player in Queen? Uh, no, that's John Deacon. Oh, okay. Well, then just two English guys named John Taylor. They play the drums. Yeah, It's not exactly a... It's not the most uncommon name there is. No, no. Anyway. So, the way it happened is um, <clears throat> that Andy Taylor had begun putting some things together and using some of this with uh, the drum machine and a sequencer and the keyboard, a keyboard and a keyboard. And so as everybody came in the studio throughout the day, they recorded their parts and it just kind of built up until we got to the end of the day. And this is the record they had. And they had the scre- the, the laughing and the screaming and talking and stuff. That's his girlfriend at the time. And like I said, uh, inspired by Little Red Riding Hood. Um, but he said he doesn't really know what it means, but it's probably about meeting girls, and that would make sense. Um, again, kind of Me Too-ish there, so we'll just stay away from that. But <laughs> Why are you bringing that yeah, up again? That, uh, <laughs> no reason. <laughs> LOL. All my songs are about evil women, so. I don't, yeah, we're all going to get canceled, so um, here we go. <laughs> If we get canceled, it's because we cancel ourselves. <laughs> that is true. But this is my favorite thing uh, about 
about the song and I had no idea. And it's maybe my favorite, <laughs> my favorite trivia that I've ever stumbled across. So obviously a very prominent section in Hungry Like the Wolf is do 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 you know? Yes. Very, very prominent. Would you like to know where that came from? Um tell me. They ripped it from Gordon Lightfoot's If You Could Read My Mind Love. Really? Do you remember, oh, that's right. You remember do, when do, it gets do, to do, the do, orchestrations? Do, 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 do. It's the same thing. It is. <laughs> is that not wow. the greatest thing ever? That is weird. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to insert that right here. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know where we went wrong, but the feeling's gone and I just can't get it back. That is so. <laughs> I just that love, is wild. I love the whole story. They're just messing around with equipment, and they've got these words, and and they're like, "Oh, well, let's make a major hook from this song, something by Gordon Lightfoot." <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is wild. I just love the whole story. As soon as you uh, said it, I knew exactly what you were talking yeah, about too. I love uh, that song. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 great. Um, it's a song about uh, his divorce. Yes. Yeah, but but a, but a classic. Well, here these guys knew it and used it to great effect for a song. Went that to is... number three in the in the U.S. and number one on the rock charts. That's that's clever. And was a certified gold U.S. and U.K. Great song. You all probably know it. This is the second Duran Duran song we've featured on the show. We have another Duran Duran? Well, yeah, of course. View to a Kill that I chose on the oh, James Bond right. episode. That's right, on the Bond episode. That's how I know of them, is, is them is, doing that is, theme. Is through that. I, I do appreciate their hits, for sure. Well, there you go. Uh, 1982, Hungry Like the Wolf. Put that on your Halloween playlist. So, um, I am going to go to a place that we have never gone on this show, <laughs> and I, I want you all to bear with me, because this is something, this is a departure from anything else we've ever played, comparatively speaking. Oh, this is getting interesting. From 1991, a band r- releases their album, and um, I, as far as I understand, their more hardcore fans are unappreciative of the more commercial sound. Uh, just like the Beatles, they had an album called The Beatles, and uh, it was called The White Album. Well, the band Metallica had a band had an album called Metallica, but it is now known as The Black, Black album. album. And from that album, I will play a song which is about a child's nightmares. And I, you know, I I don't know much about Metallica. Um, and what I might know more than this song would be probably from Guitar Hero or Rock Band or something like that. But uh, this this is a this is a very appropriate song for this for this uh, episode. But bear with me because we have not trigger warning. We have not played anything this metal.
there you go. We've now played Metallica on somebody else's favorite songs. Shut up, Beavis. I'm trying to listen. <laughs> certainly uh, a lot more heavy metal than we've ever played, but this is certainly more mainstream compared to their earlier music, which got them compared to uh, Megadeth and Anthrax and Slayer and all the thrash metal stuff. But uh, I know absolutely nothing about this genre of music. I really don't either. I know... I, I don't particularly enjoy it. However, I do know Inner Sandman, Nothing Else Matters, and The Unforgiven, and what, one. I mean, I know a handful of Metallica songs. And they're all they're, from that album, aren't yeah, they? I think Black so. Album. They're all out there. But and I, it's a, a cool sound. Certainly, this is their most recognizable song among the. This has got to be like their number one song on Spotify. Um, this is 950 million plays, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be by far. Yep. So, so, would you like to guess who first played this for me? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, cer- certainly, when I, as a sort of a guitar player, I recognize Kirk Hammett and, and James Hetfield are both well-known uh, and revered guitarists. Uh, Kirk Hammett being the, the lead singer, or excuse me, I met James Hetfield as the lead singer and guitar player, and Kirk Hammett, lead guitar player. And they wrote the song, and it's just, uh, it's about a child's nightmares. Exit, not, uh, light, enter night, take my hand into Never Never Land. Off to Never Never Land. I, I, I don't have much to say about them. I mean, uh, they're like a classic, you know, they're, they're one of the, you know, all-time American rock bands. Yeah. You know, yeah. so to speak. Got, they gotta go on the list. They're, they're from L.A., they started out in 1981, and they continue to this day. That main group of them, I think, have been together there since the beginning. Uh, the two I mentioned, and also um, Lars Ulrich is the drummer. And he's actually a tennis player from Scandinavia somewhere. But he ended up in L.A. and decided to quit playing tennis and, and play the drums. And name Roger Taylor. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another Roger Taylor? He's not even from England. Oh, anyway, that's it, a that's an excellent selection. Uh, so for your um, I, I, Halloween I, I playlist, feel, I feel so much that I'm pushing the envelope on that selection. Good, but good. Uh, this is what we need to be doing, I suppose. That's a, yes, that's that's great. I I I love it. That needs to be on your Halloween playlist. So good on you. Um. All right. So number four. Number four for you. All righty. Let's go uh, to 2002, please. And take a listen to this. Paint the house blood bed and watch the kids start to vanish. From the trailer park where Miss Johnson lives, she's got a brand new cleaver. You better believe her. She's easy to love, she's harder to forgive. Floor. The handsome kids live down the street where you won't see the handsome kids no more. There's blood, blood everywhere. If you're going to Miss Johnson's, you better beware. Blood, 
strawberry stir that no one's seen hot of, not even a hand. And bumpy old Stevens with his hack and his cane. Well, bumpy old Stevens won't be seen again. So paint the house blood red and watch the whole neighborhood shudder when cops show up and the gossip start to mutter about the horrible horrors at the Johnson's house. Tell me who the thunk she could do it. She was quiet as a mouse, but there's blood, blood everywhere. If you're going to Miss Johnson's, you better beware. There's blood, blood, and good God's grace. They found a dozen bodies at Miss Johnson's place. It, it, it never crossed my mind to play this song, but this is worthy as well. Perf- a perfect selection for your Halloween playlist. That was Blood by Bob Schneider. Now, um, those of you who are Bob Schneider fans, as we are, and as many of you are, yes. uh, will recognize that. Um, and if you don't, then you probably enjoyed it because it's a very catchy and funny song about a little old lady who kills children <laughs> and there's don't, blood don't, don't blood go to miss johnson's place everywhere <laughs> just the kind of thing that that bob uh used to to write about um, and have fun with this was from his 2002 uh album galaxy kings and galaxy kings is a it's an unusual record uh, it's different. There's a lot of acoustic-based, jazzy-type influence. Not jazz, but jazzy-type influenced uh, on Galaxy Kings. And he put it out and made a 1,000 CDs, and that was it. Um, fortunately, via streaming, we we are ha- we have the Galaxy Kings. It's a very cool album. It is. It, different. it is. It different. Is. Yeah, and, and coming on the heels of Lonely Land the year before, just... A totally different, different kind of thing. And that's something that I've always liked about Bob is you're just never real sure what he's what he's going to do. And toward the end of this album, ah, old lady serial killer. Let's go. Why not? <clears throat> uh, so I, th- what's funny is this is, this is a niche thing that is going to make like two of you laugh. But so there was a character on the Andy Griffith show uh, Clara, who was a friend of Aunt B's, and she's kind of an annoying old lady. She's always butting into things and, and getting in the middle of And sometimes they call her Clara Edwards, but other times they call her Clara Johnson. So I think she's officially listed as, as Clara Edwards Johnson, but Andy's always like, oh, there's Miss Johnson. There's Miss Johnson. And I, she's kind of a crazy old bat. So whenever I hear this song, I think of her. And if you if you remember the Andy Griffith show and you see her face, I like to think that Clara Johnson is the one murdering all the neighborhood kids. And Opie better look out. <laughs> well, he lived, so I mean, I guess I guess uh, she didn't get to Opie. But did he? Well, you obviously don't remember that uh, late '60s rumor that said Ron Howard is dead. Now, oh, really? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he used to put clues in the TV show. Okay. And it he, all came full circle when he later he, made he, eight he, days a week. He blew his mind out in a car? The, yes. He didn't yes. know that his license no, no, changed? No, no, no. No, no, no. Miss Johnson blew his mind out with a shotgun <laughs> <laughs> down the street in Mayberry. 
<laughs> Do we want Barney Fife responding to that scene? <laughs> it was all the news. It was all the rage on the street. Yeah, B- Barney was up in arms. Uh, there's Gomer over there. Shazam! You see what old lady Johnson did? She shot Opie right through the head. We need to move on. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be calling Mayberry RFD or whatever soon. Mayberry DOA. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be somebody's Halloween outfit next year. Opie shot through the head by Miss Johnson. Shotgun Opie. <laughs> okay, I enjoyed that. <laughs> Blood by Bob Schneider. But also devolved into a weird uh, role play of, of uh, Opie getting shot in Mayberry. <laughs> All that is to say, if you're going to Miss Johnson, Mrs. Johnson's, you'd better beware. So shall we move on? Yes. My fifth selection was the original version of the song that Josh was originally going to play at the beginning, and that was it's The Season of the Witch, which was written by uh, British uh, singer-songwriter Donovan, written and recorded by him, but Josh was going to play a version that was done by Lana Del Rey more recently. Really cool. But really I, cool. I'm going to play the original because it's really kind of, to me, it's just kind of weird. I don't know. But I've got to write it back in after my uh, Metallica selection and your weird Mayberry. What have we here? Is Robin here? No. Well, who, who, who could it be printing something? I thought we were going to have another cameo from Robin. No, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just thinking. Is it going to say exit light, enter night? Oh, no, it's printing. Maybe Pokey's printing something. Oh, it's a packing slip. Yeah. I'd say Pokey's printing something. Well, there's a, there's an appearance by, by Pokey on the, on the show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I forgot he was here. <laughs> <laughs> thought maybe it was the ghost of Opie. Yeah, it could have been. So, Season of the Witch by Donovan.
mama cat looking over his shoulder at me and he's interesting song great and it's it's always so funny when i hear he's like when i look out my window it kind of reminds me of paul mccartney doing his weird voices like the butter wouldn't melt so i put it in the pie or in my uh, green nickel suit i'm preparing to shoot out the city and the ring at the end of my nose looks makes me look rather pretty it reminds me of that every time but it also reminds me of Buffalo Springfield and all the the folk rock stuff. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. about the same time period anyway. Yeah, it's uh, one of the first psychedelic songs, you know, but uh, too. Donovan being a, a Scottish singer-songwriter who came out of the folk scene in the mid-60s, and he got really popular on British TV, and then, of course, uh, socialized a lot with the Beatles, and so he was just kind of involved in all that stuff. Yeah, very important uh, character in... In, I mean, in he, he he was with them in uh, in India as well, and yeah, Tom John a little guitar, yes, a, a lot of guitar. When it comes to, <laughs> comes to that was the only style he played, pretty much. Uh, that was the, his main finger style. The White Album is directly and in, heavily influenced. You could the sound say of it by Donovan Leach. Yeah. So this song, he says in his autobiography, that he played a wide Fender Telecaster, chunking down the chord pattern. A major seven with an open G, which is out of tune, uh, to me to my ear, to a D ninth with G flat bass. The riff is pure feel, he says. And interestingly, it is possible that Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones are here on this recording, but uh, it's unknown their exact contributions. There's just a story that they were involved in it. So, must be the season of the witch. I like that song. Oh yeah, it's great. And, you know, Jacob mentioned um, the there have been a few covers, but uh, Lana Del Rey's version, uh, I heard it for the first time today. I, I had never heard it before. And it's really, really 
really cool. Um, and I was, I particularly liked somebody's quote. They said it well, uh, commenting on the, on the YouTube, uh, of the, of the song it says in the original Donovan sounds like he's truly afraid for his life of the incoming witch. Lana Del Rey sounds like she's the witch herself. And I thought mm. it was pretty cool. And the two different vibes that you, you definitely get from, from listening to it. One of, of fear and one of uh, bewitching, uh, very very neat. That is that's very cool. Really need to listen to that if you if you like that song at all, or if you like Lana Del Rey, either one, uh, you you should you should listen to that version. Well, there you go. And that would be my fifth song, "Season of the Witch." Mighty fine, mighty fine. So and you I have guess and you have yet one more. I do. So let's hop on a Transylvania terror train. Oh, Crazy Train? No, not Crazy Train. to Captain Clegg and the Night Creatures. If you have become a fan through our introduction to him or have been a fan for a long time like we have, uh, that is Jesse Dayton from you know, uh, Texas. 
I'm not even sure we mentioned a Captain Clegg when we did Jesse Dayton. May not have. So may not have. <clears throat> this is a the, the backstory a, a money, is fairly a interesting. A bit of a moneymaker for him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, this was an album that, and I believe he was in the film as Captain Clegg. He was um, for Halloween Two. Uh, he's worked several times with Rob Zombie. That's where. Um, the uh, Banjo and Sullivan record came from. It's where this record, uh, Captain Clegg and the Night Creatures, comes from. Uh, incidentally, based on an old horror movie that uh, actually in the early 60s that starred Peter Cushing, one Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Wars. In, um, and, and I realized that he has more famous roles than that, but the Star Wars thing is why people remember him now, which right. is not always good. It's kind of like saying... Christopher Lee's remembered for being Count Dooku, and that's just sacrilegious, but the fact is the fact. So, sorry about that. Side note, don't be offended. But anyway, Peter Cushing connects to Jesse Dayton in this way <laughs> as, as from that movie. But he, uh, this sounds very much like the Road Kings. This is a Road Kings Halloween song. It does sound like I mean, that, yeah. You know, this, and this is the kind of thing that Jesse does that I really like. I mean, I'll, I like it when he goes super country and just does the hardcore crooning. Just, I love that. But my favorite is this psycho rockabilly stuff that he did with, yeah, the, with the Road Kings and that he resurrects with Banjo and Sullivan, that he resurrects with Captain Clegg. And you get this song... Um, uh, Transylvania Terror Train. So this is an example of a Halloween song and a Halloween album. Is That's exactly what it is. It's a character he revisits from time to time. In fact, they just put out a new song. Uh, so very, very interesting, very cool. Um, and, and I love it. I, I particularly love In the Middle. I don't know that this is an homage to the Beatles, but that's how I hear it because you have a scream that turns into a guitar note. Uh, if you notice that right there oh, in the middle. Oh, yeah, that does, it is and a kind of Beatles thing, isn't it? Th- on Sgt. Pepper, uh, I think at John's behest, uh, George Martin was able to turn a chicken clucking right before the Sgt. Pepper reprise into a guitar. And so it, it's a cluck into a guitar. Here you've got a scream into a guitar. They may be completely <laughs> unrelated, but these are just some of the fine facts that you can hear and learn on Halloween with the Seth's guys. Well, interesting list you've got there. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's recap so that you can build your own Halloween playlist. Uh, we had Monster Mash up top, and then Jacob played. Instead of playing Monster Mash five times, I played uh, Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac, and I we- played The Witch Doctor by David Seville, nineteen fifty-eight. Then I played Witchy Woman from Eagles. You're dead, uh, Norma Tanega. 1966. Black Magic Woman from Santana, a cover of Fleetwood Mac. Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac. Um, Hungry Like the Gordon Lightfoot. I mean, Hungry Like the Wolf, (laughs) 1982. (laughs) And then I have Enter Sandman by Metallica. Blood by Bob Schneider, 2002. Season of the Witch by Donovan. And uh, finishing up with the Transylvania Terror Train by Jesse Dayton masquerading as Captain Clegg and the Night Creatures. Well, how about that? Uh, good stuff. Honorable mentions. Um, I don't know that I. I don't know that I have any. So I, I kind of already gave mine at the beginning yeah, when I talked true. about George Strait and Robert O'Keefe. That, 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 that's <laughs> that's true. Um, two two names that I did not anticipate would would be here. And no, no, Robert um, um, Garth Brooks, not George Strait. 
Oh, right. That's sorry. Sorry. <laughs> did I say I did say George Strait? Yeah, didn't I? Yeah. My mistake. I definitely don't expect to hear George Strait on a Halloween episode unless he spent some time in Mayberry. In which case, you know, it, it could come up. Well, he might right? have. Right. No problems there. Uh, so surprisingly, there's some very obvious and broad things that we did not touch on. Well, I on. guess you could talk about Thriller uh, by thriller, Michael Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a given. Uh, Ghostbusters is a given. We've played that yeah, in another episode. We have. Um, kind of thought you might play uh, Werewolves of London. Um, um, you know what? Didn't cross my mind, but I should have. That would be... That that would, would I like been. your list, though. I mean, I your list is... It's it's strong. I like it. It, it seems to work well. That was a glaring together. omission, I have to be honest. I've always been a fan of that song, Werewolves of London. Uh, I could have done um, Edgar Winter's Frankenstein, of course. Um, one, uh, number one hit as an instrumental. And you need to look up if you haven't before. Most people know uh, the song I Put a Spell on You. They may know it through Credence. They may know it through Nina Simone. But the definitive version is by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. And unless you have gotten on YouTube and watched Screamin' Jay Hawkins perform I Put a Spell on You, you want to get in the Halloween spirit, that'll do it. So I recommend it. Other than that, those are our songs for Halloween. And we hope that you have a wonderful time out there trick-or-treating i'm gonna dress jacob up and take him out and let him have his first trick-or-treating experience <laughs> no i don't think you will <laughs> when it when is halloween anyway uh what day does it fall on monday it's a monday oh hmm. are there gonna be people out on the street out here on a monday night oh yeah it'll be packed mm. well I, I guess we'll have to show up as well oh, and hang, hang out on the porch absolutely it takes four or five people to hand out candy true so. I know that Sarah and Robin always enjoy interacting with all the kids, some of some of which they recognize from Absolutely. their uh, teaching. So if, if you're local, come bring your kids and get some candy from us over here um, and maybe sing a, a few verses of the season of the witch with us. And, or, or, or enter Sandman. Or, or, or we'll be what bla- have blaring you. it from the front door. <laughs> That's a good idea. I got a fog machine and everything, you know. You do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I t- like I said, we really get into it. So I think it only is is fitting that we have a Halloween playlist for you. So there it is. And we will sign off for now until we're back to talk about some female vocalists. I'm Josh. I'm Jacob. This has been Somebody, Somebody Else's, Else's Favorite, Favorite Songs. Songs.